When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Here's what's cooking on today's Sports Though podcast. We've got Major League Baseball free agency, NFL quarterback changes, uh, lots of things going on in the NFL this news news cycle. Uh, our pick sixes for the week and... Coach Prime making some news this week, too. That's what's cover, That's what's cooking on today's Sports Dope podcast. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove podcast with your host, Vince Stover. Hey, cooking. What you got cooking? How's about cooking? Something up Welcome in to an all new edition of the Sports Stove Podcast, presented by True Classic Tees. Tell you about more about them in just a moment. I'm your host, Ben Stover, and I'm joined by my dad, Dale Stover, tonight. Dad, how you doing? Doing good, doing good. Glad to be here. Well, glad to have you here, as always. <laughs> it's been a uh, pretty crazy day, pretty crazy week uh, um, here in the sports world. We've got uh, in, interesting stuff going on in pretty much every sport, right? I mean, there's a lot, lot of stuff happening this week. Yep. Yeah, there is. It's a busy time of the year. Yes, it is. Uh, I want to start today with the baseball news as free agency has kicked off and uh, a lot of things happening. Of course, the big news came with Aaron Judge uh, signing his nine-year deal a uh, very expensive contract there for the Yankees. Um, let's start with that one, Dad. Aaron Judge, are you surprised he stayed in New York? Uh, let's start, I guess, with that. And then after that, nine years for a, what, 31-year-old is an interesting interesting offer. Yes, uh, not surprised he stayed in with the Yankees because, again, that's an organization where I can see, you know, you'd like to spend your career 
um, there. Um, yeah, that was an awful long contract for a guy that age. That was a little surprising on that end. Um, but yeah, there been so much movement in baseball. Hard for me to kind of keep up with all of it. But um, I, you know, I was hoping Judge would come to the Giants, maybe. But uh, not surprising he stayed with the Yankees. Yeah, it sounds like he wanted to be there. Um, which which is. I guess kind of the most important thing, right? Where do you want to play? Um, he was going to be rich wherever he played. Didn't really matter that much. Um, yeah, they talked about that. It sounds like he's going to be the captain. That was part of his deal. Um, I mean, is that how it's supposed to work? Naming a captain for your team by saying, Hey, you sign with us. We'll let you be the captain. Well, you wouldn't think so, but you know, I heard some talk today, you know, that the whole idea of being a captain is probably a lot different in all the different professional sports. Means different things, has different roles and stuff like that. So um but yeah, I mean, you know, really free agency in a lot of sports, but especially baseball, I mean, you know, you can ask for crazy things and so you never know. Yeah, it sounds like his teammates like him. I, I never really could get a, a whole lot. I'm not a Yankee fan. Don't pay a whole lot of attention to the Yankees outside of fantasy baseball and stuff like that. So um, that sounds, though, like he's well-liked in the organization. So being a captain, I don't think that's going to draw anybody's ire away from uh, liking him or anything like that. But that was a big deal. And, again, it takes him um, – well, once the website says that he's 30. I thought he was 31. Either way – he should finish his career in New York. Um, how many uh, great years does Aaron Judge have left in him? Well, I mean, you know, that's the question because he had such a great year last year. But he's always been good. I would think. I would think he should have another, you know, three or four pretty good years. Um, depending, you know, on the talent they have around him and everything that obviously will help, but, um, and they have that and usually, usually do. So I would think, you know, he'd be still, should be still strong for three or four more years. You know, will they have a year like last year? Probably not again, but we'll see. Yeah. It'd be pretty crazy if he did. I don't think that's expected for most people, at least, you know, being able to DH and stuff like that, you know, I think five, maybe even six years of, elite talent and by elite talent i'm saying 40 plus home runs um and with that comes the rbis you know i think you get that into 36 years old somewhere in that range and then you'll start to see more of the tapering off and everything from there as well and again that's saying that he stays clean in those six years as well um other signings trey turner was a big one shortstop 29 years old he signs an 11 year deal with the phillies uh an expensive deal as well I don't like these long contracts like this in baseball. I like Tatis's because he's really young. But, uh, you know, Turner, 11 years, puts him at 40 years old. Judge, nine years, puts him at 39 years old. I'm not a big fan of these. But Trey Turner is one of the best players in baseball. And so I think for Philadelphia to go out and get him was a pretty big deal for them and uh, really bolsters their lineup coming into next year. Uh, what were you? Uh, have you talked to your Philly source at all? And uh, what are your thoughts on the Trey Turner side? Yeah, I, I was going to reach out to my Philly source today, but I didn't, and I didn't get a hold of him. And so I, the Phillies have made a lot of moves, and of course, I think you know they were going to look pretty strong this year, anyhow. But um, you know, they've been big, you know, with the pitching staff, and of course, we're getting. Um, you know, getting Trey there. So I, I think 
Yeah, you know, a, a lot of teams have made a lot of moves, and I'm sure they're not done yet. It'll be real interesting when the smoke clears just to see who's on what team or whatever. And, of course, when you think about fantasy baseball, um, you know, you, do you look at somebody, boy, they've been a good player, or does it matter, you know, that they've switched teams? Because it looks like a lot of guys will have switched teams. Well, tune into the Sports Though Fantasy Baseball show in February. I'll, I'll give you an answer to that question. Um, but, uh, I mean, it is. You talk about fantasy baseball, switching teams, ballparks, home ballpark is important. Um, the lineup's important. All those kinds of things are important. So, yeah, that'll play into it. Uh, Pitching-wise, Jacob DeGrom signs a five-year deal with the Rangers, and the Mets fill his spot with Justin Verlander. I actually like Verlander five years older. I like him better than DeGrom just because – Verlander's probably going to pitch more than DeGrom does. DeGrom has been going, you know, a third of the games in the season, maybe half the games in a season. And he's only been pitching about five to maybe six innings when he is pitching. Whereas Verlander is going to give you more, I think. Plus the Mets save money. They signed a two-year deal to Verlander. Not as expensive as the deal to DeGrom and the Rangers. But if you're the Rangers, I can't blame you for going out and getting him. Last year, they, they tried to take care of the bats. Looks like this year they're going to try to get take care of the pitching. Um, DeGrom and Verlander, too, you know, long, been in the in the Major League Baseball for a long time, been aces for a long time. How do you like those two signings? Yes, I mean, they're, they're both players that you want to get. You know, DeGrom, you know, boy, if he snaps back and all of a sudden, you know, stays healthy, um, he can probably make a real difference on a team real quick. And Verlander has proved, you know, his worth. So um, that that's an interesting, should be a good pickup for the Mets. Yeah, uh, other signings of somewhat note. Zach Eflin goes to the Rays. Uh, let's see here. Kenley Jansen uh, signs with the Red Sox. Uh, interesting interesting signing. Jose Abreu goes to Houston. And Wilson Contreras, the catcher, goes from the Cubs to the Cardinals. That's a really good signing for the Cardinals. Really going to bolster them, I think, as well. We'll stay on top of these uh, Major League Baseball signings. Carlos Correa and Xander Bogarts, the two top guys on the board right now. Um, Correa, there's a lot of talk about San Francisco and also Minnesota, staying in Minnesota. Xander Bogarts, everything that I've read, Boston is where he will stay uh, working on contracts there as well. So we'll see how it all shakes out uh, in the long term. And like I said, we'll stay. we'll talk about Major League Baseball as we have the opportunities to do so and as things continue to come up. Uh, let's see here. Next up, let's move to the NFL, Dad. Uh, lots of news in the NFL. Let's start with last week. Deshaun Watson gets his first game back. The defense scores three touchdowns. Well, the special team scores one. Defense scores two. Um, Watson didn't look great. They still get the win. How long will it take to even look good for Deshaun Watson? Um, I think it'll take most of the rest of the season. And then I think, you know, you have an off season program and training camp and everything. And then he may be right back to his form next year. Um, I think it'll take, you know, definitely a few games and probably to the end of the year, maybe he'll gel by then and, and things will really pick up. But like I said, they've, you know, he's got talent around him and, uh, that should be an advantage for him. Yeah. But I mean, he he was playing the worst team in the league. Uh, he went 12 for 22, 131 yards, an interception. Uh, I expected more from him in this game. Not I didn't expect him to be great, but at least throw a touchdown. 
um, you know, be better than 50% completion against the team. Well, he was a little better than 50%, but against the team in Houston, who's only won one game this year, he averaged six yards per pass. I mean, you got Amari Cooper, um, that you should, should get some help on those things. You know, I mean, there's, I was surprised. I thought he would look better than he did. Uh, luckily for Cleveland, the defense played phenomenal football and did their job. I expect within the next week or two to start seeing a, a better looking Deshaun Watson. Not great, not back to form, but he should be throwing touchdowns here pretty soon uh, or else they could be in some serious trouble. Uh, speaking of quarterbacks, let's talk about the situation in San Francisco. Brock Purdy, the Mr. Irrelevant, comes in, third-string quarterback coming into the season in San Francisco, uh, comes in and looks really, really good for the 49ers. Everybody now is saying, oh, San Francisco's going to go to the Super Bowl with Brock Purdy. Uh, I think you need to hold your horses on that one a little bit. But he did look good. Give the defenses some time to scout him, and I think you're going to see some major weaknesses open up here over the next couple weeks. But he threw the ball 37 times, 25 completions, 210 yards, two touchdowns, and one interception on the day. Um, I mean, there's just not – there's nobody available. He's your quarterback at San Francisco. There's nobody else out there to go get. Um, What do you think? San Francisco's got a great defense. How can they succeed with Brock Purdy at quarterback? Um, I don't think they'll be able to. Um, They do have a great defense, no doubt about that. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll see what their, their schedule here down the line. Um, I, I, th- I don't know if San Francisco is a lock to win the division. Now, you know, again, I've heard some people, I heard a national guy today, you know, well, their defense is so good, you know, um, just a little bit of help on offense and they're, they're in the Super Bowl. I just, I, I haven't seen that at all. I don't think they're, you know, even though the NFC is not as strong, um, I, you know, We'll see. And again, like you said, as teams get a chance to scout him and uh, we'll just see over the rest of the season, I wouldn't think maybe, you know, like I said, I I would think he would have to struggle a little bit being a third string quarterback. Yeah. I also understand the idea that the defense is good enough for them to make a run. I don't think Super Bowl, uh, but to make a run in the playoffs, win a game, um, still win the division, I think, is is within range. You, know, I think back to Baltimore, right, when they won with Trent Dilfer back in the day, Ray Lewis and all those kinds, or actually with Flacco, when they won with Flacco. I mean, Flacco, he wasn't great. Uh, the defense was phenomenal. I think that Purdy's going to hit, a, hit a, uh, a rough stretch just because they're going to be able to scout him and see him more. Uh, but the defense has been phenomenal. They held the Dolphins the 17 points. The Dolphins have a really good offense. Uh, they shut out the Saints. They held the Cardinals the 10 points. They held the Chargers the 16 points. Held the Rams the 14 points. Um, the Chiefs put up 44 on them. Uh, but that was before they went on this little win streak. So uh, they got Tampa Bay this week, Seattle, Washington, Vegas, and Arizona to close out the season. That's not a horribly rough stretch. And so, um, you know, we'll see. We'll see how it shakes out. This week will be an interesting challenge against Tampa. Um, you know, an, an okay defense, a team that's really been struggling. But uh, they're, San Francisco's the favorite in this game this weekend, too. So it'll be interesting to see how Brock Purdy holds up. 
Um, one of the quarterbacks that was mentioned for San Francisco this week was Baker Mayfield. Gets cut by Carolina. The Rams end up claiming him. The Rams have all kinds of quarterback issues with injuries. Stafford's out for the year. Wolford's injured as well. So you're sitting there with the old Virginia quarterback and Perkins. Um, Baker comes in. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're team Team Ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. I think to the perfect situation, Dad. Now, granted, Cooper Cup's out. That's not great for him. But this system is is what Baker knows. Stefanski ran the system in Cleveland. Um, you know, it's the old San Francisco McVay, Shanahan, uh, Kubiak offense, and it fits what Baker does. If Sean McVay is the genius that everybody thinks he is, I think Baker Mayfield has an opportunity to at least not look as miserable as he's looked the last two years. So can he come in and do anything good? I mean, the Rams aren't going to make the playoffs. They're not going to challenge for the division, any of those things. But I think Baker fell into a good situation. I don't know if he'll start this week, but I think by next week he will be starting. And, you know, maybe he gets the chance to build a little bit of value behind his name as well going into free agency next year. And the Rams could get a a compensatory pick uh, by signing him if he gets signed somewhere else next year. And we know the Rams don't have very many picks. So this was actually a good move for the Rams overall. Any thoughts on Baker Mayfield and the Rams situation? Well, I think it is a good move for the Rams, and I do think I agree with you. It's a good place for Baker Mayfield. I don't know that he's going to have great, you know, have a great time the rest of the year because the Rams, the Rams were in trouble. I think the Rams are out of it at this stage, and like I said, he does not have some of the weapons uh, that they've had, um, you know, in the past. But I think as far as having you know a coach. Uh, that'll work with him and being in a system. Um, yeah, he, he it, might, it might help his value. You know, it'd be interesting to see if he looks good enough that they think he's going to be their quarterback going forward. That would be real interesting. But, um, we'll, yeah, we'll see how it plays out. I think it, it was a good spot for him. Yeah, I agree. Um, year after year, the pundits say Green Bay needs to draft a receiver in round number one. And year after year, I say on this podcast, we have talked about it. Other Packer fans say, hold up. None of our great wide receivers of recent years have been a first-round draft pick. Uh, the Packers do a great job at drafting in other rounds and developing guys up, guys like Devontae Adams, Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb. And Christian Watson seems to be the next in line. He has got on the field finally, and he has been phenomenal. Into in the rookie of the year race at this point, Um I mean, the issue with the Packers, it may be depth. Wide receiver depth still may be an issue. 
But when Romeo Dobbs is healthy, he looked good before he got injured. Now Christian Watson looks great. I mean, do the Packers need to go out and get a true number one receiver in the offseason, or can they build the way that they've been building? I think with Watson looking like he has, I think they can. I think they may be in pretty good shape. Uh, they may get a free agent. You know, I don't know if they'll keep Sammy Watkins or not, or get somebody different there. But I think with Lazard and uh, with Watson and with Romeo Dobbs, you know, Romeo Dobbs was quite quite the wide receiver. And I think when you get him and Watson both on the team, then all of a sudden you've got weapons. And of course, Lazard is a guy that you can always depend on. So. I think it, it, I think they're in. Of course, you got Randall Cobb right now. Um, how long he will be on the team? You know, I don't know. And and he'll be an important per- person to replace. They thought they had that with um, Amari Rogers, and they did not. So um, we will see where that goes. But I I think if especially the last few games here, I think they'll have Dobbs and Watson both on the field. And if they can stay healthy. Um, I, I think you, you'll see, you know, you'll give Rogers a lot, a lot more weapons, a lot different kind of weapons than what they've had because again, their running game is so strong also. Yeah. Um, hopefully, (laughs) right. Then that's kind of what we're banking on. So we'll see. I've always been okay with them. Even this year, not taking a receiver in the first round, although I think they could have and, and landed. I think that back when they drafted Jordan Love, they should have taken T Higgins. And I'll hold true to that for the rest of my life. But that being said, I'm okay with them not taking a receiver in the first round. It's a matter of just finding the right fit for your team, filling the needs that you have for your team. And I think they've been able to do that uh, in what they've done. And Christian Watson has been phenomenal uh, for sure this year. And it was just a matter of him getting time, right? That's what you got to do with young receivers. They got to have time. And uh, and with time, he's turned into quite, quite the show. Um, he's a, a must, must start in fantasy football when he's not on by, uh, and, uh, everything's going well for him right now. So all that is good. Not everything's going well in Tennessee though, dad Titans fire the GM who they just extended. Um, and, uh, well, he's gone just like that. Here's my thoughts on it. I have no source. Obviously I, I don't, I know nothing about the situation. I'm guessing there was a disagreement somewhere between, um, I was going to say Schneider, but that's not his name. Um, the Titans GM. What's the, oh no. <laughs> Robin, John Robinson. John Robinson. Thank you. Uh, Robinson and Vrabel. My guess is there was a situation on the roster where there was a disagreement. And at the end of the day, Vrabel won out. And so they got rid of Robinson. That's, that's purely opinion. Uh, but that's my take on it. There, I don't think you just drop a guy. Um, in the middle of the season, or towards the end of the season, but in season, a general manager who has built a team that has made the playoffs, what, every year, or close to every year since he's been there. Um, he, he's had some draft misses, but what GM hasn't? He's had some draft hits. Um, you know, I've heard people talk about, well, he traded A.J. Brown, and A.J. Brown went off on him this week. I just can't believe that's it, because Traylon Burks has looked fine. Um, maybe they hate Malik Willis, but you don't know until you see him, right? So, I think there's a disagreement in personnel somewhere. And at the end of the day, Vrabel is higher on the food chain than Robinson was in Tennessee right now. And Vrabel won out. That's my thoughts on it. Any opinions on what happened in Tennessee, why Robinson's out, and what's next? 
Well, I, I was surprised that they got rid of him when they did. Um, again, you know, I've been gone from Tennessee now for, you know, a few years, but when I was there, I was, I, I always thought he would be gone at some point. I did not think he was a great, great GM, uh, from there. And of course, like I said, every GM makes some good moves and every GM makes some mistakes. Uh, but I would guess there was a disagreement here, um, around the trade deadline and, um, free agency. And there was somebody that Vrabel wanted. And, um, you know, they, they didn't, they didn't get him or they just needed more people at a certain position, um, from there, you know, I don't think the fact that they just played Philadelphia and the AJ Brown thing kind of, you know, looked worse. I wouldn't think that's why you would fire a guy the next week. Um, but there was, there was something there. I'm just a real surprised about the timing, um, at, at this point, unless again, you would think they'll get somebody in place because scouting and everything, you know, gets to be a big thing here pretty quick. Um, and so maybe, you know, doing it before the end of the year makes some sense with that because otherwise you wait till the end of the year and the personnel department's all, you know, going in a certain direction. Now they can they can change that. I wouldn't think Vrabel, you know, would be the GM also. Um, I would think I with you, you know, I would think it, it's just a disagreement. Uh, somewhere down the line, it was interesting. The statement was made by the um, the you know the owner, the acting owner, Amy Adams Scrunk, and um, you know she just said that you know they've been improving, but felt like this you know they needed to make some others, and this was it. But like I said, I don't think it was her decision as far as her evaluating the team, saying here we need to go. I, I and, and so it would make sense that you know the head coach. Um, is is where it came and he does have a lot of clout he's done well there and um you know again i think you and i both think at any point it could fall off for a couple years and that would be different but but you know he he, he's done well there and i was just was really surprised about the timing of it i thought you know i mean even this week i mean if it would have been two games for the end of the year, but then you get to the playoffs and then that's real awkward if you're in the playoffs. So apparently it's a change they decided they were going to make and maybe now's a good time. Yeah. I think that Vrabel is going to be, if he's not going to be given the title general manager, I think he's going to be given the authority of it. Um, They might bring in a guy that carries the title kind of like Mayock did in Vegas with John Gruden, where Vrabel is going to run the show but they're going to have somebody else there um, to do some of the other things and everything like that. But you remember Vrabel, he played under Bill Belichick. He kind of holds that Belichickian style of things, and Belichick runs runs the Patriots. And so um, I my guess is, especially if it was a disagreement with Vrabel and Robinson and Vrabel won out, I think Vrabel ends up running the show in Tennessee. How will that work? It'll only be yet to see, and and if that's even the way that it goes, we'll have to wait and see on that one as well. But um, very surprising move. Tennessee is an interesting program, interesting setup, all that kind of stuff. Have been for a long time. Um, they got a new new uh, stadium that's going to be built. It's past the next level of of OKs from the city or whatever. So they're they're getting close to getting that finalized. Anytime you're going to put that much money into a stadium you're going to want a team that can fill the stadium. And I think that the thought process is there still needs to be more steps forward on it. 
if Willis is the quarterback, first of all, that's for unless Robinson didn't make that call. That's credit to to Robinson. If Willis is the quarterback, then everything will work out just fine. If Willis is not the quarterback, then it will fall off because Tannehill's not it. Um, and if Willis is not it, where are you going to get another quarterback? So we'll see how that one uh, shakes out. Uh, before we get into our picks, Dad, I do want to take a quick look at the standings and kind of look through. We, we, me and you were talking about this on the phone the other day. Um, you know, legit contenders in the NFL. There's there's just not that many. Uh, the playoffs are going to be interesting. Let's start in the NFC because, I mean, you got Philadelphia as the one seed. Minnesota is the two seed. Uh, let's see here. At the moment, San Francisco would be the three, uh, Tampa, the four, and then Dallas, the five Dallas has a better record than three other, two of those teams that are ahead of them, but division winners and all those kinds of things. Who's, who's contenders in the NFC East? I see three at the moment. Um, how many contenders do you see in the NFC? Well, I think, you know, um, as far as in the East, you know, like you said, you get the Giants in Washington. I looked, since I knew we were going to talk about this tonight, I looked at it a little bit. And when you look at their end of their schedule, they both have fairly tough schedules and they play each other. I think the Giants play, what, Philadelphia twice um, yet here during the end of the year. But neither of those teams are Super Bowl contenders. No, no. As far as contenders, I think – Honestly, I think Philadelphia, I think they're the best team. I think they're, you know, could somebody else, you know, beat them in the playoffs or whatever? Maybe so, but I think Philadelphia so far, you know, barring major injury, um, you know, head and shoulders above everybody else in the NFC. I agree that Philadelphia is the best team. I think, and I know you will, you will melt, but I think Minnesota and Dallas are both contenders in the NFC. Would they be contenders in the AFC? No, but I think they are contenders in the NFC. And uh, I, I never like saying that one team is the only team, right? There, that's just not statistics. Don't go in your favor uh, with that. But San Francisco, they've got the defense, and you know, get the right matchup. Maybe, maybe they're able to pull it off, or maybe Brock Purdy's the guy, and he ends up being <laughs> it. You know, but the way I look at it, I see. I think Philadelphia is by far the favorite. But I think that Minnesota and Dallas are threats as well uh, in the NFC. On the AFC side, a little bit of a different story, but not not drastically different, right? I see maybe three, um, I'll say four, four uh, Super Bowl contenders in the AFC. How about you? Yes, I'd agree with that. Um, All right, who are your four? I think it'd be Miami, Buffalo, Kansas City, and Cincinnati. 100% agree with you. I yep. think I think Cincinnati might be the favorite. No, they're not statistically the favorite. They might be my favorite though in the AFC. I, they they have defense, they have offense. They've got playmakers at every level on offense. Even if Joe Mixon is injured, P Ryan has been really really good and I think a lot of that plays on the offensive line as well. Joe Burrow is phenomenal. Um I like Joe Burrow better than Josh Allen. Um, Allen gives you more on the ground and he can run more effectively. Um, and he's going to stay healthier probably. But when you come to the moxie, you come to the, the throwing ability. I just like Joe Burrow better than Josh Allen. I do like Patrick Mahomes better than Joe Burrow. But that being said, I like the Cincinnati team. They were there last year. 
the guys that they added in free agency this year should only build and get better. And Miami, they're dangerous, so I'm going to put them in there. I I don't trust Miami yet um, because of the quarterback. But for me, I go Cincinnati, Kansas City 2, Buffalo 3, Miami 4 is how I rank them in the AFC. Uh, how, How do you rank those four teams? Yes, I would agree. Right now, I think Cincinnati may be the front runner in some way just because they seem to have Kansas City's number. Now, whether that would hold up in the playoffs, I don't know. But yeah, then I would think Kansas City, Buffalo. Now, Buffalo, you know, a little bit of a blow with the injuries, you know, injury this week, you know, with the linebacker there, uh, Vaughn Miller. But, um, I, you know, in Buffalo, you just don't know. I mean, some weeks, they're, they're head and shoulders above everybody. And then, you know, so what's going to happen in the playoffs? Are they going to get hot? And, um, you know, Miami, I don't think you can count them out. But, um, you know, they I would put them fourth, yes. Yeah, right now I would say Cincinnati and Philly are the two teams that I'm looking at for the Super Bowl. But, again, I think Kansas City and Buffalo especially um, are, are great contenders. And I just think Dallas and Minnesota are just too dangerous to overlook in a one game situation, you know, you just, you don't never know what's going to happen with all that. Um, I was going to go back and I didn't have time to do it and pull my comments about Jalen hurts from the draft preview. I did on his draft year. Um, I was very uh, bold on my Jalen hurts take. So I believe I had him ranked third in that class. And, uh, and I had, but I got to go back and find it and maybe next week we'll pull that up or maybe we'll wait till, till, uh, he goes to the Super Bowl or something like that. But, um, I was all in on Jalen Hurts. I thought like he had, uh, the potential to be really, really good, uh, in, in the NFL. And, and I just, the way I saw it was he was a winner. And I have questioned, even after saying that, I've questioned what can he do in the NFL? Well, he's showing us this year he, he can do it. <laughs> and, uh, the coaching staff's done a great job as well. And the GM did a great job putting guys around him that will only help him out like A.J. Brown here this year as well. All right, let's get into our pick six, Dad. Each week we pick six games. We pick primetime games. Uh, we pick uh, Thursday night, Sunday night, Monday night, and then three games of our own. Before we do that, though, I do need, uh, let's see here, to, if I can find it, I had it pulled up a minute ago, uh, tell you a little bit about True Classic Tees. Uh, we are uh, excited about what's ahead in the new year. I'll be hosting the Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball Show presented by Belly Up Fantasy. And uh, associated with Belly Up Fantasy or partnering with Belly Up Fantasy is True Classic Tees. And today's episode is being sponsored by True Classic Tees, a brand that makes t-shirts that actually fit, not to mention super soft. When you're, you know, got a little bit of a belly like myself, finding the right t-shirt can be incredibly frustrating. So most t-shirts are too tight in all the wrong places or way too big and boxy, but not True Classic. True Classic has already helped over 2 million men get their fit on at an affordable price. The Sports Stove listeners get access to the absolute best deal they offer for a limited time only, 25% off. Use that code BELLYUPFANTASY we're partnering with for the fantasy baseball show in the new year and uh, go to trueclassic.com use the promo code belly of fantasy 25% off dad is an incredible incredible deal so thank you to true classic and to belly of fantasy for their participation and help and support of this program all right dad let's get into it pick sixes uh we'll start with the thursday night game the las vegas raiders 
are on the road against the beat-up Los Angeles Rams. Vegas, five-and-a-half-point favorites. Which way did you go with this one? Um, you know, this was a tough one. Like I said, wouldn't have picked this if it hadn't been the game we needed to. But I'm going to go with the home team. I don't know what they'll win, but with oh. five-and-a-half points, I'll take the Rams. That surprises me, Dad. Um, the Rams are are bad. Uh, Vegas has not played well, but the Rams are bad. And we don't know who their quarterback's going to be. Is it Perkins? Is it Baker Mayfield? Um, that one really shocks me, Dad. I'm going to go Vegas in this one, five and a half. Would I like it better if it was three and a half? Sure. But uh, Vegas should be able to win this game easily. So I'm going to go Vegas five and a half. You go the Rams. Um, let's see here. Sunday night game is a really interesting one. The Chargers are hosting. Uh, they are three and a half underdogs, three and a half point underdogs to the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Dolphins coming off a tough loss last week to the San Francisco 49ers. So Miami three and a half point favorites on the road. Which way did you go on this one? Um, I'll go with Miami, the cover of three and a half. Um, again, you know, I've always liked the Chargers, but I think Miami is doing well. And, you know, even though it's on the road, um, I think they'll rebound. So I'll go with Miami. Yeah, I told you several weeks ago, I'm not picking the Chargers ever again. They they just continue <laughs> to disappoint me. So I'm going Dolphins as well. Three and a half point favorites. They should win that game. Although the Chargers have everything they need, except for maybe a coach. We've talked about that before and possibly Sean Payton coming in next year, but he's not there yet. So I'll go the Dolphins as well. Monday night is uh, another road favorite, New England. One and a half point favorites against Arizona. All three of these primetime games, the road team is the favorite. Which way did you go? Did you go with the, the road favorites or the home dog? Um, I went with the home dog on this one. I'm, I'm not really convinced a lot about the Patriots. Of course, Arizona, you never know who's going to show up. But being it's Monday night and it's a home, um, I'll take Arizona and the points. I'll say you don't know about New England. I don't know about Arizona. Uh, I'm going to go one and a half points. I think New England can win this game. So I'm going to take the favorite in this one as well. Uh, the New England Patriots, I'll take a one and a half point favorites over Arizona. I think Arizona is a dumpster fire. And uh, there's just nothing good coming out of Arizona these days. So uh, I'm going to stay away from them as well. All right, we got three other games to pick. Who's your fourth game of the week? I'm going to take Seattle over Carolina by three and a half. Again, you know, I, I'm not a big Seattle fan, but they've, they've played better. There's been no doubt about it. And um, they're at home, and so they should be able to be – I think they can cover that at Carolina. Yeah, I just – I don't know about Seattle. I know they've won games this year, and they've been a lot better than we thought they would be. They just scare me too much. Carolina, that should be an easy win for them, especially being at home. But there's a reason why that line is closer than it should be. So I stayed away from that game, but I did consider it as well. My fourth game, uh, the only underdog I took this week, Dad, and I was shocked to see they were underdogs. It's the Minnesota Vikings. They're two-and-a-half-point underdogs to the Lions. The Lions have played well, but Minnesota's 10-2. and two. I mean, I was shocked to see them as an underdog, and so I jumped on that one immediately. I go Vikings plus two-and-a-half this week. Um, on the road at Detroit. Uh, who's your fifth game this week? Um, I will take a revenge game here in Cincinnati. We'll get revenge on Cleveland, uh, five and a half, and it's at Cincinnati. So um, I think the Bengals are hot right now, 
And um, I'll go with the Bengals on that one. I would have liked that number to be a little lower, so I stayed away from that one too because at some point Deshaun Watson will show up. Will it be this week? I have no idea, so I stayed away from it. Uh, I went with a large spread, but I told you I'm going against Houston as often as possible. Dallas is 16.5-point favorites uh, against Houston. It's at Dallas. Dallas should have no problem putting up points against Houston. Uh, so I'm comfortable with that over two touchdown spread. So I'll go Dallas minus 16 and a half. Uh, game number six for you this week. Who do you got? Um, well, you know, let me just back up on Dallas because last week they did come through for me, but um, I, I'm not, I'm not going to go that route again, at least not this week. So um this one, I'll go with um, Philadelphia. Again, they're a road team, but they're favored by six and a half over the Giants. Um, I think Philadelphia is the real deal. It's like, Again, it's, it's a lot of points, but um, I'll go with Philadelphia. Yeah, Philly, I don't know. There's, there's something about this game that scares me. They're the better team. They should win, um, and they should win by at least a touchdown, but... I don't know. There's just something that's thrown me off this week on this game. So I stayed away from that one as well. Um, I ended up going with another kind of big spread. Kansas City, eight and a half point favorites over Denver. Denver's defense has been good. Their offense has been atrocious. Patrick Mahomes is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. If not the best, he's going to be Denver by more than eight and a half points. So I'm going to go Kansas City as my last game uh, this week. And uh, I just feel like it's it's the right thing to do <laughs> in this situation. Um, so I went with that one. Um, who I I forgot to write down. I apologize. You're oh you said Cincinnati. Okay, never mind. I remember now. Um, let's talk about the games that we did not pick this week that we that we both stayed away from. Uh, let's start. Let's see here. Pittsburgh and Baltimore. Baltimore start Tyler Huntley at quarterback. Pittsburgh being at home seems like they'd have a chance to win this game. Baltimore have been weird, but Huntley's one of those guys that if you if he only has to play for two or three weeks, he can get you some wins in Baltimore. Uh, so which way did you go here, Pittsburgh at home or Baltimore on the road? Um, I think Pittsburgh is surprised. So I'll, I'll, again, it's a division game. I wouldn't be shocked if Pittsburgh wins this one at home. So I'd go with Pittsburgh. Okay. Uh, and I probably lean that way too, uh, but it wouldn't. I would not be shocked at all if, if Baltimore wins that game. Right. Tennessee. We talked about the turmoil there this this week with firing the general manager. The three and a half point favorites at home against the Jaguars. Jaguars, one of those teams where we see highlights and then all of a sudden they fall back down to earth. Uh, what about this week, Tennessee and Jacksonville? Well, yeah, you know, we thought a couple of weeks ago Jaguars were going to make a move. But, um, again, this is a division game. The Jaguars is always a team that can give you trouble. Um, I, you know, I, I will be for the Jaguars in this one, so I don't know. Maybe they – but, again, you've got, what, a quarterback injury. We're not sure um, who's going to play there So um, with Jacksonville, so we'll see. Uh, Buffalo, nine and a half point favorites at home against the Jets. Uh, Buffalo's the better team. The great white hope continues to, to give the Jets something to cheer for. Um, I, I, I'm going to go Buffalo. I just don't think that you can go against them. And I think the Jets are going to start to go the wrong direction here to close out the season. I still think there's hope for them in the years to come, but I'm not sure that 
that this is the time for them. So I'll go Buffalo. Even though it's nine and a half points, that's a lot of points. I think the Jets will cover the spread. I don't know that they'll beat Buffalo, but I think they can keep it closer than that because they have played well. And, um, you know, of course, they've played well against them already. So we'll see. We both stayed away from Brock Purdy and Tom Brady battle that everybody's excited about. San Francisco and Tampa, again, the defense. San Francisco's favorite three and a half. I almost went Tampa with this um, in, in our pick six. I, I'm i probably still going to pick Tampa, um, just not in our pick sixes. But it's a weird game, right? We don't know what Brock Purdy is. <laughs> we don't know what Tampa's going to do to him, all those kinds of things. How do you How do you view this game? Yeah, like you said, it's just it's hard to know what's going to happen. Um, you know, Tampa had a big comeback this week, but what only scored seventeen points, and San Francisco's got a good defense. So I don't know if sure that Tampa will win this or not. And um, if Tampa doesn't keep winning here, it we're going to be a real real quagmire in their division. Yeah, it's. It's crazy. Uh, the NFL season has been one of the wildest that we've seen in a while with just a lot of unknowns going into this year. Um, you know, it, two teams eliminated from the playoffs, Houston and Chicago. The only two teams that have been eliminated so far, um, neither one of those make us sad. Uh, so, so that's the way, the way that it goes. Um, fantasy football is coming up to the playoffs. This is a bad week to be a Packer fan and a fantasy football player as the Packers are on by this week. Um, I've got to survive. Uh, really, the league that I need to win the most in is the league I had the most buys this week. Uh, so I got to survive this week for sure. But um, an interesting NFL season continues here this week for sure. Uh, let's see here. Any other NFL news that we need to cover? Um, no, I don't think so. Like I said, you know, a lot of, lot of movement still. And, uh, you know, the, the season's going to be up in the air, I think probably all the way to the last week at, at this stage, but, um, definitely for the next couple of weeks. And of course, a lot of teams on by this week. So that'll affect the schedule a little bit too. And like I said, fantasy football, it's exciting because we'll be heading into the playoffs here in another week. And, um, you know, um, yeah, the NFL is going to be an interesting, interesting end of the season. Yes, yes, it will. Let's move on to college football. Uh, I don't. We haven't had a show since they announced the playoffs. So, well, let's talk about the top four. Um, uh, to me, it was the easiest decision that they ever needed to make. These were the four teams that needed to be in the playoffs. I disagree with the seedings. I think Michigan and Ohio State should be playing. Uh, and Georgia taking on TCU, but it'll be Georgia and Ohio State, Michigan and TCU. Um, you should not agree with me on this because because I'm right on this. But the, these four teams were the four teams that were needed to be in the playoffs, right? Yes, yeah, it, it came down there. You know, I wasn't sure early on if TCU lost if they'd stay in, but being you know it was an overtime game. And again, it was a much cleaner decision with them having won us than to get into having to decide about the two lost teams. So I, I think these four, they were the right ones to be in the playoffs. Are they the four best teams right now? You know, there's always a discussion about that. Um, but that's not the issue. The issue is, you know, they, they finished the season, they accomplished certain things. And I think these are the ones to, I think they're the right four to be in. 
Yeah, and that's that's my argument. They're the four most deserving. Um, it, it shouldn't be the four best teams. It should be the four most deserving teams. You have to be rewarded for what you do. TCU beat a lot of good teams. I think they played four ranked opponents that they beat. They lost in their championship game in overtime. Um, you know, and and Alabama, their their resume wasn't any better than TCU's. And so they shouldn't have made it in over TCU. USC, once they had the two losses, obviously were out. Um, had USC won, I think that they should have been in over Ohio State. And I think they would have been based on how this rankings played out and everything like that as well. Um, out of those four teams, who is it? Who 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 makes it to the championship game? Uh, Georgia, Ohio State play, and Michigan and TCU play. Um, I mean, I think it'll be, you know, I think it'll be Georgia and Michigan. Um, Ohio State's good, and um, but I don't think Georgia will overlook them, and um, that'll be an interesting game. I think Michigan should beat TCU because um, they seem to have stayed focused, um, you know, uh, especially, you know, even in the Big Ten Championship. I've been waiting for them to overlook somebody, but they did have a couple close games during the year. But um, – so I, I would think Michigan, I mean, you know, number one against number two is what you would look at. Um, if Ohio State plays a good game, um, you know, that would be very interesting. But Georgia, Georgia's just been very solid all year long. And not just this year, right? They've carried that over. Um, yeah, I think Ohio State can beat Georgia. Uh, I'll pick Georgia to win. Um, but, I, I mean, Ohio State can win that game. Michigan should beat TCU, but TCU's got a really good quarterback, and they could come out and put up some points and and surprise Michigan as well. So uh, this might be the most open playoffs we've had in a while. And by setting it up with Georgia versus Ohio State, I think you open the door for that a little bit more. Had you had Georgia versus TCU, and maybe you wouldn't think of it the same way because I would assume most people, not TCU fans, would would pick Georgia easily to win over TCU. And I think most people still pick Georgia to beat Ohio State, but it's going to make some people think as well. But what has been thought about the most this week in college football has been Deion Sanders. Coach Prime announces the new head football coach of the Colorado Buffaloes, uh, goes in and has one of the most unique speeches to his new, I guess we can say new team, although the way he talked, most of those players won't be there when Coach Prime shows up uh, to, to coach his first game in Colorado. Uh, I put out a poll on Twitter, and I want to uh, ask you this, Dad, because I don't think I've asked you this or not. Did you ever get a chance to go back and listen to the speech? I should ask you that first. Um, I'm trying to listen to Dion's speech. Yeah. Yes, I, 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 I heard it reviewed. I didn't, I didn't hear, you know, the whole thing where I understood all of it, but, um, yes, I did, I did hear it. All right. So I asked on Twitter, um, Coach Prime's talk to the current Colorado players was awesome or off putting. Um, which way did you, did you view that? Did you view the, his, his whole, Hey, pack your bags. I'm bringing my own luggage in. Uh, you guys aren't very good. Uh, speech as an awesome speech, like, hey, smart, smart job by Prime. Or did you view it as an off-putting speech uh, from from Coach Prime? Um, what was the second one? Off-putting. Basically, you didn't like it. <laughs> 
Um, I'd say, I mean, I wouldn't say it was awesome. I think, you know, it's good that he's honest with everybody. There's no doubt about that. Um, I think it was a little strange, but on other, in other words, Colorado has not been good. So there's going to have to be changes, um, from there. So I, I think it was, you know, it would be good from a standpoint of he was being honest, um, with the kids there, um, from there, you know, I was surprised. I don't think anybody thought of, of about a speech like that. But probably rather than him giving a rah rah, you know, rah rah, here we go, where we're going to turn things around, and by and then after it's over, you know, him go in the office and tell his assistants, yeah, but none of these guys are going to be here. It's probably better to be upfront about it. That's a good take on it. Sixty-five uh, percent of our pollsters thought it was awesome. 35% said it was off-putting. I see both sides of it. Um, here's what I did not like about it. He came in and said, some of these positions are already taken care of because I'm bringing in my own luggage. So basically, he just told the team, it's not open competition. I've got guys that I'm already slotted in, his son included, at quarterback. I've got guys that I've already promised a spot to. They're going to start. They're going to play. So if you're a quarterback at Colorado right now, you're gone. There's no reason for you to stay because you, you do not have a fair opportunity to win a job. His son will start a quarterback, no questions asked, and that's the end of the story. Now, should he? Probably compared to what they have in the room right now. But what coach comes in and says, no competition, I already know who's going to play, and that's the way it goes. To me, that's bad. You should never come in as a coach and say, uh, not only not say, you should not do this, where you say no competition whatsoever. Because I'm guessing, just guessing, I'm guessing Dion has not watched a whole lot of Colorado football. I'm guessing he's not seen a whole lot of games from those guys at Colorado just yet, would be my guess. Um, just the personality that Dion is. And so that's what I didn't like about it. I did like the idea of saying, hey, w things are going to be different. I think that's great. I think that's a needed message at Colorado, that we are going to change things. This program hasn't been relevant for 20 years. We're going to change that. Um, I think that's good. I, I just did not like the idea of saying, well, I already got some positions taken care of. You don't have a shot. I, I, again, maybe he has watched a lot of Colorado film and he knows it for a fact, but how do you go into a room and say, you can't even compete for a job at these positions because I'm bringing in my guys. I mean, what kind of, what kind of motivation is that for guys to, to come into camp ready to compete? If these are, they're being told you're second tier, you're no good. I got my own guys. You're not playing. Right, that's everybody should transfer. And he didn't say that. I heard some people say he said everybody needs to pack their bags. That's not what he said. But he did say if you're going to transfer, you need to do it now. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I saw I saw both sides of it. Right. I, I think there's good and there's bad with it. Well, I, I think people would have a chance to compete if they stayed, um, and maybe that was part of the deal. Maybe that's how he would handle it. Um, in the spring, hey, you guys, you, you guys have won the battle on this, and and you know from there, I think him taking that approach probably not you know would help his recruiting 
because guys know that, hey, if he says, you know, he's bringing us into play, then, you know, we're coming into play. We're not, you know, we're not going to, you know, have to compete. You know, it's a, it's a new system. Everything's new. If I fit, if I fit, you know, Coach Prime's system, then, hey, I've got an excellent chance to be able to come right in and play now. So I'm sure that played into it, too, that it'll help, you know, um, his recruiting and help him bring people in. Yeah, and that's a great point. It, it will help his recruiting, and he doesn't need a ton of help, right? I mean, he's we're going to see Colorado probably have, I would guess, a top 10 class uh, this next season between transfer portal, mainly in the transfer portal, probably. Um, but where do you think Colorado will rank in the recruiting class when it's all said and done? Um, I think it could be in the top 10 because again, you know, even in Jackson state, you know, a five-star guy. So, um, I, I, I don't know. I haven't kept up, you know, with recruiting that much. Of course, the Southeastern conference schools are always very strong, um, in recruiting there. I don't know that he'll be in the top 10, but definitely I think he'll, you know, it'd be higher ranked obviously than Colorado has been before. Um, but, um, you know, and it'd be interesting to see, you know, does he, does he try to get people a lot from all over? You know, what about the West Coast? Um, you know, a lot of players uh, out there, you know, obviously in California and that. And just, um, you know, where, where he, he can probably draw from all over. I would say probably so. <laughs> Needless to say, lots of coaching things going on. Liberty hires their new coach. Cincinnati goes out and gets Satterfield from Louisville, an interesting hire. Um, a lot has come out from Satterfield's former players that have not been positive uh, since he got the job at Cincinnati. So I'll be interested to see how that one shakes out as well. We'll continue to watch the coaching changes. Um, Jim Leonard at Wisconsin, Dad, said after the bowl game he's leaving Wisconsin. Uh, I mean, as Packer fans, we want him as defensive coordinator. Do you think Jim Leonard goes stays in college, or do you think he makes the move to the NFL? Um, I don't know. Like I said, I agree. I agree. I think we could use him in Green Bay. Uh, looking at some of the coaching changes um, today, with Brom leaving Purdue, I wondered if Purdue is a good spot for Leonard. Um, you know, in the Big Ten, and he'd be in the same areas recruiting where he has been. Um, I think he will probably get offers. Um, to be a head coach, I would think. Um, but you know, I, I, I don't know where he'll end up. Um, you know, it may end up in the NFL, but I, I, you know, I think he may have a shot, um, at a good job in college. Yeah. I think he'll get interviews. Uh, and if he interviews, then maybe he gets an offer too. You're right. Purdue makes a lot of sense. Um, and I forgot about that. Brom is going back to his alma mater and Louisville, the coach there. And that's been rumored for a decade, it seems like now, uh, but he'll go to Louisville, which leaves Purdue open. And you're right, a good fit for Jim Leonard, probably there at Purdue as well. So there's there's going to be opportunity for him. We'll see where that all shakes out as well. All right, Dad, anything else you need to add before we close? Nope, nope. I, I think that's it. I'm sure we'll have a lot more exciting news next week. So I'm sure we will between coaching things and Major League Baseball free agency and everything else going on, uh, we'll have plenty to talk about. Uh, today's episode, again, is presented by True Classic. If you need a shirt that fits you perfectly, you go to trueclassic.com. At checkout, 
Use the code BELLYUPFANTASY. You're going to get 25% off your purchase at trueclassic.com. Follow us on social media, Twitter and Instagram, at Sports Stove. If you missed any portion of today's episode, if you're watching us live on Belly Up TV or YouTube or Facebook, go to anywhere you get your podcasts, and you can catch the entire episode right there. Thank you for tuning in to today's Sports Stove podcast. Until next time, we'll see you around the Sports Stove.